Welcome to Design Your Destiny, your podcast for tapping into the power of your subconscious mind. In this next few minutes, allow me to show you how to tap into that power so that you can create success with ease, form deeper connections, and have greater presence in your relationships, and most importantly, find peace within yourself. My name is Penny Chason, and I'm your host. Hey, hey, joyful souls. It is Penny, and I am back with a special episode of Design Your Destiny. Today is going to be the first part of a special two-part series, because in recent weeks, I've had several questions from many of you, current and former clients, students, those of you who've attended my roundtable, and you're all asking how you can help your children adjust to current life. Because of the pandemic, schedules have been upended, things have changed, and now things are opening back up, and you're just having a lot of issues. And these last 18 months have been challenging in every aspect of society. As a retired nurse anesthetist, I can tell you from my nursing training just how important a stable, predictable environment is to a child's sense of safety and security. And I can also confirm that sometimes, from my experience with clients, school and other activities are the balance that a child needs to have a healthy perspective if they grow up in a stressed environment. And that has all been taken away in this pandemic. It's been a perfect storm that has resulted in deaths of desperation in our children and adolescents. And the hard statistics are beginning to show that the mental health crisis in children and adolescents is more dangerous than the pandemic itself. So as a board-certified hypnotist, I could tell you the impact that the events like the last 18 months have on a person decades later in life. That's the work I do every day. However, the work I do is not the focus today because I don't work with children and teens. So I'm bringing on several special guests that can offer you the perspective and guidance that will help your children. Now, the first person I'm interviewing today is Ben. And he's a certified life coach who specializes in helping parents build meaningful relationships with their teens without having to change the teens. He spent his life working with teenagers and their parents. He was a foster parent for 10 years. He spent 10 years in education, including five as a high school principal. So I would think he's pretty much an expert on how to handle these adolescents. He's also the host of a popular podcast called Impact Parenting with Perspective. Welcome, Ben. Thank you so much for accepting my invitation to come on and talk about these issues. Um, Is there something more you would like to add about your perspective and your experience in helping teens? Oh, man. I Just listening to you, you just brought to mind so many of my clients and they're like, man, how do we get our kids back into the swing of things? How do we like they got straight A's before the pandemic. And now here we are and they don't even want to go back to school. And so these are real issues that are happening in our world. And I'm grateful for my past that has kind of helped position me in a place where I can help parents realize, Hey, here's how to create that relationship with your teenager. The one of the biggest mistakes that I see parents make is that they want to change, fix, or control their teenager. They think, oh, hey, my teenager, they need to go to school. If they don't go to school, 
their life will be ruined. And all of these thoughts are creating fear. And then they go into fix, change, control mode. And they go to work trying to fix, change, or control their teenager. And that is a recipe for disaster. That is you focusing on something outside of your control, outside of like your teenager has the autonomy, has the choice to make their own decisions. And so as we talk about kind of adjusting to this new world that we live in, it's important to shift your focus from your teenager and from these things outside of your circle of control and bring it back into you. How can I show up and live in these times? Like, And one of the things that I teach about all the time on my podcast is you have the power to be the change that you want to see in your teenager. And you have to get kind of creative with that sometimes. Like if you want your teenager to be excited to go to school, you can't yourself just be excited for you to go to school. Sometimes you have to be excited for your teen to go to school, or you have to be optimistic about the possibilities. And so as we talk today, I'd kind of like to invite you guys as you're listening to this, kind of reframe your thought work and notice yourself, catch yourself every time you're focused on your teenager and getting them to do a specific thing and bring that focus back inwards and start asking yourself, how can I be the change? How am I positioned to help my teenager? What can I do? And that just brings all that focus back to you. And I can use the example of flying on an airplane. They always tell you, hey, if that oxygen mask drops down, put it on yourself first before you start helping other people. And this is so important. And we live in a culture where we've kind of really put a lot of value on making sacrifices and self-sacrifice. And we want to stop that and just say, no, this is what I need to do to take care of me. And that will help you have the impact that you're looking for with your teenager. You have said so much there. (laughs) I mean, we could unpack and we could do a few podcast episodes around this. The first thing you mentioned was like control. And you know, you and I both having some, you more so than I do, some education in human growth and development. Those teen years are where decisions and autonomy are very important. And that control, it's just going to push them away. They're going to push back against that. The other thing is, you know, do you want them to grow up feeling like people in their life have tried to control them, that they've had no choice that they haven't been able to decide for themselves, and especially in the context of fear, because emotion opens us up to be more suggestible. And and emotion is very powerful. It bypasses the critical factor, which is the same thing that a formal hypnotic induction does, is bypass the critical factor. So that's all important. And and the other thing you brought up is self-sacrifice, because when children see a pattern of self-sacrifice, Sometimes they take up that behavior as people-pleasing as well. And then you hit these teen years, and now all of a sudden the tables have been turned on them in a way that what used to be pleasing isn't pleasing anymore. It leads to a lot of confusion. And, you know, they're becoming adults. Let me ask you this. 
this is something that we used to do with Alzheimer's patients. And I became really good at it when my father had Alzheimer's is that you give them two acceptable choices. Does that work in this situation with teens? I've heard that before. And a lot of parents tell me it doesn't work for my teen. And I'll tell you why. One of the biggest problems that parents are facing right now is that they are so tied to their desired outcome. Like, this is what I want to have happen. I want you to go to school. I want you to get good grades, all of this. And the teenager does not want that desired outcome. So the time when you present two acceptable choices, your teenager might be thinking, neither of those choices are acceptable for me, and I will not do that. So in my coaching practice, what I often do is help parents identify what is the outcome that you are so tied to? What are the beliefs that are making it so you're so tied to that outcome? We had talked about control. Control is just an illusion. And a lot of times we think we have control over things that we don't. And one of the things that I see happen often with parents is when they overstep their bounds, when they're controlling things that aren't really within their control, teenagers are likely to take back their control. And that is when they do extreme things like making choices that they don't even want to make. They just want to do something oppositional towards their parents. That's when we see kids running away or self-harming. And so I think there's a couple of things here that would be really important to explore. Number one, why are you so tied to your desired outcome? What are you making that mean for your teenager? What are you making it mean for yourself? And then step back and explore, what can I actually control? And I'm going to tell you guys, this is actually scary to do because I've had parents tell me, I can't control anything. Like my team could run away. They could harm themselves. They could do. And the power is when you can realize, oh, I can control this one, maybe two things. That is so much more empowering than trying to control everything that's actually outside of your control. So when it comes to presenting two acceptable options, really explore why are these the only options that I feel are acceptable. And I guarantee you, you are trying to control something outside of your control. And like Penny said, for development, autonomy is super important. Trust that your teenager is more than capable of controlling what they can control and give them the autonomy to do that. Wow, that's great. So say a teen is taking on some unhealthy behavior, right? So say they're you know, they're, they're turning to a numbing behavior that's not healthy that could end up leading to other consequences that aren't necessarily desirable. How does a parent support them emotionally without necessarily taking control of that situation? Do you, do you have some pointers in that area? Yes, that is a powerful, powerful question. And the power of your questions, that reflects the quality of your life. So these are some good questions that we want to start asking ourselves. When our teenagers are taking actions that we believe are unhealthy for their life, 
we need to realize we cannot control their actions. And we are currently focusing on something outside of our control, which leaves us disempowered. And so my invitation there is to, again, decide what can I control and decide how do I want to be? How do I want to show up regardless of how my teenager behaves? And I'm going to share a couple of stories. When I was 13, I accidentally lit my school bus on fire with rubber cement. One of my friends stole some rubber cement at school. I don't know why. When I was a kid, like we used rubber cement for everything. Yeah, we got to like glue this thing on here. Anyways, so he had stolen it. I knew he stole it, but I kept it in my backpack. And one of my friends on the bus ride home, he's like, hey, I've got a lighter. Let's light this thing on fire. So luckily, we're at the end of the bus route. All the good kids that were left on the bus were in the front, and us few knuckleheads were in the back. And rubber cement is highly flammable. Like, I don't even think we touched the flame to the rubber cement. It was just the fumes that were like, and the whole thing was on fire. And I tried to get the lid on, and I couldn't. And I tried to throw it out the window, and I missed the window, and I hit the little bar in between windows and sent flaming rubber cement all over the back of my bus. All of the adults in my life told me my life was ruined. They're like, yeah, you're a bad kid. You're not going to be able to get a job. I wanted to go serve a mission for my church. And they're like, no, we don't send arsonists out to represent the church. All of the adults in my life were putting their meaning on my actions. They were focusing on something outside of their control. And human beings are herd animals. And as a 13-year-old, I just followed the herd. Oh, I ruined my life. I adopted those beliefs and I was like, yep, my life is over. The thing that changed, I started to see, no, this is what sets me apart. I was a better than average foster parent. Like I, me and my wife got awards multiple times for how good of foster parents we were. And consistently, I could look at what set me apart. I made mistakes when I was a kid and I understood it. And I understood that it wasn't the end of the world. And then as a high school principal, I remember one time suspending a kid and the dad was just livid. And I was like, man, I might have to subdue this dad to protect his child. I was like, hey, time out. And I shared the story of me lighting the school bus on fire. And it instantly changed the atmosphere. And the dad's chuckling and he's like, turns to his son. He's like, well, at least you didn't start the school on fire. So I share this story because as parents, we can't control our children's decisions, their actions, but we can control our own interpretations about what's going on. And if you show up with the interpretation that you're ruining your life, you're going to ruin your future, there's a problem here, something has gone wrong, your teenager as a herd animal is going to adopt all of those same interpretations and beliefs. They're going to think, oh, I've ruined my life. I'm doing something wrong. There is something wrong with me. And I promise you, your teen is not experiencing anything that will ruin their life. Now, to go one step forward, my first year as a high school principal, I lost a student to suicide. Shook my world. Like one of my favorite students. And that has helped me really understand when we as adults try to control things outside of our control, our teenagers, they take their control back in whatever way that they can. And sometimes those are desperate measures. And 
The other thing that I want to share is that that was something outside of my control. It does me no good to look back and be like, man, what could I have done different? What should I have done? None of that is true. Like I cannot go back in time and change anything. But the thing that's important is that I realized, oh, I need a plan for me. When this happens, how am I going to show up? It shifts my focus from my teenager back to myself. How am I going to show up? And that has helped me as a foster parent. Uh, We have had multiple teenagers that had suicidal ideation and refused to go to school. Like even before the pandemic, they're like, no, I hate it. It makes me feel achy inside it, all this stuff. And when I was able to realize, okay, I can't control that. How do I want to show up? That gave me a plan like, oh, I take suicide serious. You talk about it, you threaten it. Here's how I show up. You don't want to go to school? Oh, no problem. That's your choice. Here is how I will show up. I reward behaviors that I want you to do. That's just how I show up. That's part of who I am. And so this, gosh, I've taught you guys a lot of things here. What I want to say is you can only control your interpretations. You have some interpretations about your teen not wanting to go to school or struggling in life that are not serving you as a parent. And when you choose to believe something has gone wrong, they're going to ruin their life, that creates fear. And now you're parenting from a place of fear. So control your interpretations. When you think, oh, something's gone wrong, they're messing up their life, get to know that. Understand why you think that. Question it. Realize, oh, it doesn't serve me. It doesn't help me be a parent. And intentionally choose your interpretations. Like I tell parents all the time, hey, I lit a school bus on fire. That made me the best principal ever. Made me a great foster dad. Made me a great life coach for parents and their teenagers. Your teens struggling with depression and anxiety and they don't want to go to school and they hate life. This is good for them. This will set them up for what they need in the future. And when parents can start to choose that interpretation Now, rather than parenting out of fear, they're parenting from a place of confidence, which is so much easier to let go of what you cannot control from a place of confidence. Whereas when you're living from a place of fear, you're like grasping, how can I control all of this? You've probably already realized that attempting to work through what is going on subconsciously yourself can be just a little bit of a challenge. And that's because when we try to assess what's going on subconsciously, using our conscious analytical mind, we go in circles sometimes. So I would like to offer you the opportunity to connect with me. No cost, no obligation. I will sit with you for 45 minutes. We will dig into what is going on in your life, and I will provide you with a subconscious blueprint so you know where it is most important that you target your time and your attention so that you can fully embrace your success in your personal and professional life because everyone should be not only successful, but able to be fully authentic in themselves while feeling fulfilled at the same time. You can book your call at pennychason.com forward slash blueprint. 
I look forward to seeing you on a call so I can help you reach your absolute most fulfilled success. So once they recognize that, how do they support that team? What are some things that you have found to be effective that is receptive by the team? Because sometimes they're doing these things because they're in emotional pain. How how does a parent, you know, even if they detach from the outcome, they're not attached to the expectations. They just want to be there to support them. What, What does that look like? Yeah, really good question. One of the concepts that I teach is connecting with your team. I teach connecting with your team where they are rather than where you wish they were. So if your team is down and depressed and struggling, connect with them right there. Don't try and force them into this happy team that's super successful. Really connect with the team that you have because any effort to connect with this team that doesn't even exist, the one that gets straight A's and loves school, that's wasted energy on someone that does not exist. So instead, connect with your team where they're at. There's a few things that I feel are important to do here. Really observe what's going on with your teenager and mirror back to them what is appropriate. Like if your teenager is sad and they're lonely, mirror that back. Like, man, I'm sorry that you're sad. And man, I know how it feels to be lonely. Now, what I said here is important. Mirror back what is appropriate. If your teenager is angry and they're lashing out and they're yelling and they're saying hurtful things, don't mirror that back to them. Now mirror how you would like them to behave and you just show them that example like, hey, I see you're mad. I'm sorry you're mad. I love you no matter what. And so it's really understanding, oh, is this a time where I want to mirror back exactly what they're doing or do I want to model what I would like them to do? And for me in my home, what this looks like, I'm a weird parent. I play Fortnite with my kids and I've heard all the parents that are like, no, Fortnite is the worst. At all. That's what my kids love. That's what they're into. And I've decided, you know what, that it's fine with me. If they're into that, I'll be into that. Um, recently, my teenager told me, dad, I'm dropping out of school. I was giving him and his friend a ride home. And I think he's kind of trying to get a cool reaction to show off to his friend. And I thought about it and I had just been coaching. Like as parents, we get in the habit of just saying, no, no, no. And I told my parents, like, question that. And so my son tells me, dad, I'm dropping out of school. My instinct was to say, no, you can't do that. And so I'd just been teaching parents, like, don't just automatically tell your kids no. And so I had to be like, okay, how can I not say no? It's like, okay, you can drop out of school and I will support you on that if you're willing to do some work. Like the only reason I want you to go to school is so you'll learn how to be a productive member of society and you can take care of yourself. If you can learn how to make $50,000 on your own, drop out of school. That shows me that you have the skills you need to be productive, to take care of yourself. And he's like, awesome. Like his friends in the car, he's like, you heard it. He said I could. And so we went home and we spent two weeks watching YouTube videos. 
opting into free stuff to learn how to make money online. And for two weeks, my son and I were learning how to make money online so that he can make $50,000 and drop out of school. After two weeks, he came to me and he's like, dad, I don't want to disappoint you, but I'm just going to go to school. I don't want to spend my teenage years making money. I'm just going to, I was like, oh, okay. So the power here is connect where they are instead of where you wish they were. And I promise you that connection is far more important than getting the desired result that you're so attached to. Yeah, that's a valuable lesson. And my husband and I caught a lot of flack when our oldest was a teen, we had a blended blended family and my oldest son uh, was my stepson, but he's my son. And when he was at our house, he would show up in school because it's just what was expected. You do your work and then you have the rest of your day as yours to do what, what you want. You just need to complete school at a satisfactory level. And he came to us when he was 16. He's like, hey, I want a car. And I'm like, that's great. You make straight C's. So since you want a car, then go out, get yourself a job, save the money. And you you have to contribute to getting that car. I'm, I'm, you're not showing up fully. So we're not going to reward you for that. So he went out, he got a part-time job. He saved up the money. He got a car. He paid his insurance. We paid his gas back and forth for school. He picked up the other stuff, but he ended up totaling that car. So he had to go get another car that was cheaper. Well, you can imagine what happened to his insurance. So he was working three part-time jobs, still maintaining the same grade. So that kind of tells you where his effort was. It's not that the kid wasn't extremely intelligent. And after about mm, two, three months of that, he came to us and he's like, excuse my French word alert. This is bullshit. I'm working three part-time jobs and all I can afford is my car and my insurance. And it's a crappy car. And Ron just looked at him. He said, if you don't like it, educate yourself out of it. I don't care how you do it, but if you don't like it, you have to educate yourself out of it. And now he's a very successful young man. He opted to go into the military, but he decided exactly what he wanted. And once he found what he wanted, he has not stopped but he chose which direction he wanted to go. There was never any pressure. You have to do it this way, but there wasn't any reward for not just showing up and participating. You know, that is so powerful. And that speaks to this, like you let go of the control and you give it to your teenager and just trust that they're going to do it right. One of the things that I feel is important to point out, this is a global pandemic. This is not unique to your child. I've heard people saying, oh, but what's this going to do to getting my kid into college? Well, now they're competing with all the other kids that lived through a global pandemic. I can't stress this enough. So many parents right now are choosing to do what I call catastrophizing. They're like, oh, this is the end of the world. This is the worst thing ever. I want you guys to just trust your teenager will be okay. They are not experiencing anything that is not already going on in the whole world. And so really just empower your teenager to create their reality. And then you as mom or dad, just trust this is exactly what they need. 
And then from that place of trust, you show up and parent how you want to. Be intentional. Uh, Jim Fortin coaches this model, be, do, have. And he teaches that usually we try and work that thing backwards. If I do this thing and if I have this, then I'll be this. And for parents, that looks like, man, if I get my teen to go to school, I'll have a teenager that gets good grades, and then I'll be a successful parent. That's backwards. Operate from the belief that, no, I am exactly the parent that my teenager needs. I'm the best parent that could meet my teenager's needs because I'm the only one that loves them like I do. From that place of being, be the parent who you want to be. Be the parent of your dreams. And I promise that will change what you do as a parent. That will help you show up in a way that's aligned with who you're being. And then you're going to have something far greater than that result that you think you want, which is to have your teen go to school and love it and be obedient. No, you're going to have a life, no, an eternal bond with your teenager. You're going to have a relationship that you crafted by controlling only what you can control, which is you and how you show up. So as you're thinking about this, just really focus, who am I being as a parent? That is the most powerful thing you can control. Yeah. And there's been a running theme. I want to pull out this golden thread here for everyone who's listening, because there's been a theme in everything that you said, but I'm going to highlight it in a different way. And that is, what are the stories that you are stuck in? What are the stories of your past? What are the stories of your beliefs that are, you know, causing you to feel that you need to have this control? And then are your stories generating fear? Because our perception is huge in the way we interact with the environment. So if you're thinking worst case scenario, what if, what if, yeah, but, yeah, but, I encourage you to just stop it and instead say, what's possible? Yes. If I just let my child be, this is what I've been hearing you say, Ben. If I just let my child be who he needs to be, then what's possible? What's possible in the way that I can just be here and be supportive? And as you also said, empathize with them or or rather meet them where they are. I don't like the word empathy because we don't actually want to feel the emotions, but we want to meet them where they are. If they're sad, you know, if they're angry and when you meet them where they are, I want to reinforce what you said. You don't get angry with them. You acknowledge what they're experiencing, simply acknowledging a child or a teen's emotions and validating. I understand what you're feeling and then get them to explain to you or to help you understand what's causing them to feel that way. There's just such huge benefit in that because I work with people all the time that it was not acceptable for them to feel what they feel, or they were told that what they're feeling is incorrect. Yeah. And it causes huge problems decades later in life. Yeah. And I just, I want to prove what you just said, because if, if your audience is anything like mine, sometimes they need it to be proven to them. You can continue trying to change, fix, or control your teenager. You can continue believing your stories. And I promise you, it will continue to not work. 
It's not going to change your teenager. It's not going to make them any different. But you can question your stories. You can stop believing those stories and just test this out. I promise it will change you. The power is in changing from the inside out. Change you and just let the ripple effects change everything on the outside that's not within your control. But for those of you guys that are like, gosh, I don't know, this is kind of hard. I just invite you, test it, try it. You can keep doing what you're doing, but it will not change your teen and it won't change you either. But when you change your stories, it will change everything, starting with you. So just try it out. I'm just saying. The only person, the only interpretations, the only perspectives, the only beliefs that we can change are our own. Well, let's just wrap it up a little bit here, Ben. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social? I understand you have a, a coaching program opening up soon. Yeah. So my website is benpewcoaching.com. You can find me on Facebook, search Ben Pew Coaching. And my podcast is called Impact Parenting with Perspective. And just every single week, I'm teaching you these things on my podcast to try and help you guys with your teens so that you can show up as the parent that you want to. So I am starting a beta parenting program. It will start mid-August. If you would like to learn more about that, hop on the wait list. That's at benpewcoaching.com slash waitlist. And that will be a program where I am teaching all of these skills. There will be weekly exercises, weekly coaching calls with me. And it's really to help parents really be the parent that their teenager needs. Be the parent of your dreams so that you feel successful and empowered as a parent. Ben, I want to thank you again for being my guest. All of these links are going to be in the show notes. So if you want to check the spelling or you miss something quickly there, just head over to the website, pennychason.com forward slash podcast. Look for the bonus episode and all of his information will be there for you, or it will be listed in the show notes on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for listening today. If you've enjoyed this episode of Design Your Destiny, I would appreciate it if you would head over to iTunes and leave a positive review. When you leave a positive review, it's like podcast currency, and we can increase our reach and get the message to even more people that they, just like you, have the ability to design their destiny. And remember, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform.